Hello, welcome to the Cerebral Flex podcast. Uh, we're your host, Jareth Blackstar, Namwon Sakati here. Uh, this is episode seven, Billionaires. For some reason, I thought we were on episode eight. Anyway, get all the bullshit out of the way quick. Uh, click the link, subscribe, share, like us, love us, give us shoulder rubs. All right. <laughs> Should billionaires exist? No. Take it. Oh, all right. Well, today's podcast is now over. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are the ramifications of billionaires? What are the ramifications of billionaires? Uh, there's a lot of ramifications for, for from billionaires. Uh, what, what, what are your top top ones? What do we got here? Let's go. I mean. Oh man, what's my top one? My top yeah. one is just definitely like the the wealth inequality, the dragon like hoarding of all resources. I hate that. I hate that yeah. a lot. I think we should all share the wealth and take care of each other. Um, there's obviously the ecological ramifications of it as well, which we can get into uh, real quick here. The whole destruction of the environment again, all about gathering the resources keeping it all to ourself, constantly consuming, constantly trying to grow your net worth, trying to grow the nation's GDP, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Those are definitely the two top ones. Like, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. Ecologically speaking, because that's like my main focus is how we affect the planet as a species. Um, having 10%, uh, the upper 10%, they use over 50% of the resources. Yeah, that's that's insane. And then the top or the bottom 50 percent, they only use 10 percent of the resources. So you can see how it dramatically increases, you know, in resource usage. But then, like, a lot of people blame the consumers like, OK, well, they didn't have to buy that super yacht and they didn't have to buy that private jet and they didn't have to do that, you know, spending on stupid, frivolous nonsense that no one needs to have. Um, but then you can also look at who controls the means of production, you know, like, aren't they just as, um, culpable in this? Aren't they equally devious as actors on this stage? Like the people that make the super yachts and the people that help you onto the plane, like, you know, cause you're just trying to get from point A to point B and you're using the system you're born with like, okay, well there's planes, there's trains and automobiles. You're probably going to use one of those things or maybe all three, right? So it's like, I don't know who to point the finger at more, the consumer or the system. And in some cases, they're the same thing. So, I am uh, I mean, Jeff Bezos just purchased a super yacht for $300 million, which I'm sure was no problem for him. And that yacht um burns 132 gallons of gas every hour it's running when it's not actually moving across the sea so anyway i don't know i mean i think uh ecologically speaking um having this much wealth being you know capable of buying anything you want at any time and then having the system give you the freedom to do it it's all very bad but um, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. Is it the people that are becoming billionaires? Like, am I, am I a bad person if I somehow become a billionaire? 
Does that is that what we're trying to say, or is it is it the system that allows that to be possible? That's the true. You know. No, because <clears throat> I think uh, I think to become a billionaire, you kind of have to be <clears throat> a ruthless, not so nice person. Um, right. I, I mean, people, I think people yeah. get like caught up in like. Uh, a, a perfect example is Elon Musk. Him and Jeff Bezos are like battling for the top spot of who's going to be the world's first trillionaire, which is god awfully ridiculous. Um, but I think people get like caught up in like the quirkiness of of Bill Gates or Elon Musk and all these like nerds. But and this is going to sound terrible, but the Nazis were also nerds and they were not good people. Um, so it's, it's almost like they're, they're evil nerds who have figured out a way to circumvent the system to make it work in their favor. Um, and yeah. I don't think that makes you a good person at all, because again, to become a billionaire is in and of itself a, a ridiculous feat to have multiple billions, to have tens of billions, to have hundreds of billions you are you're definitely doing some things to not only the earth but society as a larger whole that are are not at all good for it and that makes you a very unempathetic person and you can kind of see it in their philosophy too um bezos and musk especially like they're trying to literally leave the planet like they have so much money they're like i want to go to mars and terraform it and create space travel not for the betterment of mankind because you know i can do that because it's it's a little hobby that I have, which I find to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, for me, I think more big picture, like it's like Bezos and all these people are being patted on the back and their hands are being shaken by the government because of how, I mean, they're not even taxed that much, but just taxing them a little gives a lot. Right. So it's like, and they consume a lot. Right. You know, but and also, also to capital. be clear, though, when it comes to the, the government, like the billionaires are setting a lot of the policies, too. So right. like, like we like to like talk about like billionaires and wealth and, and how cool Jeff. Be well, most people hate Jeff Bezos, but like Elon Musk and that are they all are. Um, and they're paying people to lobby to like decrease regulation so that they can do destructive things to the environment. Um, they meet and hire people from like the head of intelligence agencies and help overthrow governments so that they can continue to gain wealth. So it's like a, it's a big wheel. You have the, the billionaires that are at the top that are paying all these people to enact policies so that they can continue to grow their wealth. The politicians are complicit in it, patting them on the back. Oh, like we have so many billionaires good for you guys while they're enacting policies that are making these people filthy rich further destabilizing our <laughs> our middle class and destabilizing the world economy as a whole um like if you look at most of the coups in uh in south america that the cia have done they're primarily based for for two reasons one was obviously the financial gain of corporations in america and and two was because they were fairly like secular societies and the billionaire class didn't want 
the American people to realize that they could have nice things like Medicare for all and stuff like that. And so like you never see billionaires out there advocating for strong social programs. Right. Um, and I think one of the more nefarious things about billionaires is they don't think they should be taxed. They think they should be allowed to like donate their money to whatever they feel like. But when those donations go to certain things, um, I believe it's Zuckerberg. He donates a lot to uh, to charter schools. So he gets to he gets to decide where his money's going. And then he gets to control essentially the curriculum that you're teaching children. So right. billionaires, like in and of themselves, they destabilize the entire economy of the world because they're not like uh, they're not like they're like old evil dictators, old monarchs. Um, they're not the wealthy king who shares the wealth with the workers. They're the dragon, hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. And uh, it's it's bad in the end, not just for society but for the earth because. It continues the cycle of infinite growth, and you can't so my blame question, the consumer for that because they're pushing it. Yeah, but my question to that is: Isn't that human nature? Everywhere you look, if you look in any, you know, well, not any, but African countries, you know, or South American countries, what you see is that once a power group gets hold, usually they were fighting for justice and liberty and democracy and all this other crap when they got in there is a coup they threw over the government and then once they're in power they trickle the money up to the top you know it's just like a pattern everywhere it's like aristocracy is naturally ingrained in us or something so i don't know how to stop it i know it's it's ethically wrong it's morally wrong it's everything about it is wrong but isn't that human nature that would be my you know do you believe it's human nature do I believe it's human nature? What to have an aristocracy? So like if you have a group of kids and you dump a, a pile of cookies in front of them, don't you think like one of the kids is going to be more of a bully and like take more of the pile of cookies? Or do you think it's going to be like one of those peaceful tribes you hear about where they all split it equally because they know everybody is equally important? Like, well, and that's just, that only happens in some cases. Like it only happens in some cases. Um, there's always going to be a power struggle between humans it's just in our nature um and we unfortunately haven't evolved past the ape nature of our brains to that's what i was about to say yeah apes, um, perfect example because if you look at just how apes structure their groupings and stuff like that there there's a there is a as jordan peterson likes to talk about a lot there's a dominance hierarchy um yeah. <laughs> now i think what it comes down to is more like a question of like morality um and we're conscious beings and we should be more enlightened to uh to want to take care of one another and we're not and i think a lot of the times that billionaires kind of contribute to that um to that uh division in people like all the heads let's look at the heads of these major news organizations like cnn fox news NBC, MSNBC, they're all run by very, very wealthy men. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post and they write puff pieces about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when you have so much money and so much power that you're able to con control even the narrative that normal people are getting, um, that is definitely 
not good. And I think it kind of over, it goes over the norms of what like a dominance hierarchy would be because we're also at a point where technology has advanced so far that we're constantly under surveillance, which is something that the aristocracy never had. That's something they only dreamed of. Um, and I think what this typically leads to is history is constantly repeating itself is you have an aristocracy with a bunch of people who are at the very top and they continue to grow their their wealth their kingdom more and more while giving the peasants less and less and then there is eventually a violent revolt which is ultimately why we're having the philosophical discussions that we're having whether they're genuine or not among some people in the media about like the efficacy of billionaires um i think i looked at an article where it was like if you had one billion dollars mm-hmm like you, you had $1 billion and you just, you stopped working. You never made any more to your net worth or whatever. It would take over seven generations of your line after you to spend all of that money. Right. And that, that is ridiculous. And there's people with multiples of this. Jeff Bezos, like the top five we have are Jeff Bezos right now has uh, $188.5 billion. Elon Musk has 169.9 billion. Bernard Arnault and family has 163.7 billion. Bill Gates has 129.2 billion. And Mark Zuckerberg has 111.6 billion. So if we just add up those five people right there, that's over half a trillion dollars. Right. Um, that's insane. That's right. But my, my issue, my issue with the whole thing is like, unless you have a dictatorship that is about the people controlling the means of production, you have some communist thing going on and you tell everyone that if you produce this much in money for the company, this is how much money you actually get back and you actually get paid what you should. You'd have to force that to happen because all the wealthy people that exist already that we've allowed, right? right to proliferate through all these years you either have to kill them or you have to take away most of their wealth and make them a part of the game but it's all through force you're not going to be able to change anyone's minds up the top up at the top by being like look guys you know it's wrong you need to share that's never going to work like you know going around and hugging everyone isn't going to change the problem it didn't work when it's worked two times in our history um both by roosevelt's actually which is hilarious because you had teddy roosevelt with the robber barons um and he actually proposed something super radical when he was broke breaking up monopolies and stuff like that and um rich people really hated him for that and which was interesting because with him and fdr they both came from like well-known rich families like teddy roosevelt did some also mm-hmm. not great things during the industrial revolution. Like he went to like Africa and hunted elephants and he was like big into hunting and shooting shit for no reason for trophies, which is irritating. Um, but he actually proposed like a wealth cap and it wasn't anywhere near a billion dollars because at the time, like money and growth was not like at that point quite yet. Um, but he actually had proposed a wealth gap, uh, a wealth gap or a wealth cap 
and I don't remember what it was, but it was like, let's say $200 million. You could have $200 million and then every dollar you made after that would be capped out and it would automatically just, it would go to the government and the government would take that money and use it and spend it on. Uh, at the time they were working really big on railroads, transportation and stuff. So like isn't that. that a form of socialism? It is a form of socialism. Right. Which is, I mean, it was never enacted. He proposed it, but it's never, it was never enacted. Um, and then you had FDR who came in right around World War II, right after the Great Depression, again, from a wealthy social class. And he was seen as a traitor to his class because he had a bunch of people striking in the street, um, protesting constantly. And he essentially went to these guys and he was like, hey, we have to, we have to share some to keep the peasants like appeased and he didn't right. do it out of any altruistic like sense of like uh, like a lot of people like fawn over fdr like oh he was he was a great socialist president no he was forced to do it he actually said it you can't make me do anything force me to do it which is why i get irritated with these people who are like let's get let's go ahead and force biden to the left and then they don't they don't do anything you have to force people in power to do what you want them to do um, so there's two times in history where it's happened. Obviously, both times it's gotten reversed because, again, when you have all that money, you're able to buy lobbyists and buy off politicians and buy political ads that talk about how Medicare for all is socialism and stuff like that. Um, but we also haven't figured out a way to coexist um, with billionaires in a communist or socialist sense either because – Workers controlling the means of production has never worked out very well either because, again, we go back to that ant mentality of we become very violent and we kill people indiscriminately. Uh, Russia, Soviet Russia was a terrible place to live. Uh, Mao, he killed over, I think it was, they estimate, they don't know the exact number, but anywhere from 60 to 100 million people. Um, the Communist Party in China right now is very cutthroat and ruthless. Um, wait, wait, wait. But the Mao Zedong incident, he only started murdering that many people when there was a famine and everybody started going at each other's necks. Like, at first, he, he brought in feminism and, like, he, he brought in education. And he, you know, helped the people, you know get up and out of the hood <laughs> yeah and then when when everything hit the fan and it got bad and everybody started like eating each other he was like okay well if anyone steals they have to be murdered on site and, and i think i think somewhere in that time period he just like snapped and yeah. i don't know he changed from being an altruistic individual to being if you don't like it it's my way or the highway type of person which i could totally understand like if you were trying to do the right thing and bring good things to your people. And then bad times hit and it wasn't really your fault. And they blamed you anyway. And then you had a bunch of dissenters that went against you just because like they don't have food. And even though it's not really your, your, it's not like you made it a famine. It's not like you control the weather. So you'd be like, okay, well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, of course he was a bad guy for killing that many people, but um, I don't know if you're in that position. Like if you, you know, Phil, even right now with this conversation with billionaires, if you put yourself in the shoes of billionaires, right, you 
worked. And of course, billionaires don't become that way because of free market capitalism. It's it's through exploitation of uh, monopolies and it's through treating people badly, not paying them adequate wages and things like that. But say you came up with an amazing concept, a startup technology or an app, app like TikTok or something like that, or ByteDance, you know, or you were the parent company. You came up with this idea. And because of that, you became a, mil a billionaire. I mean, your own genius got you there in a way. Yeah. I mean, your own creativity got you there. So it's like, is it their fault? Yeah, I think you, you're making solid points. We have to control the people in power and we have to make it a system where you can't even get to that point. But I do think that you should have an honor system or a merit system. So if this was a resource-based economy, you could give uh, someone a bigger house or a nicer car if they came up with something amazing for society or whatever. Like you could still have a status or a ranking system because I think without a system like that, you're going to have people less ambitious to want to create anything. Like a lot of people's ambitions come from status and like they want to be seen as powerful or rich or whatever. And that's why they did what they did. There's not a lot of people that are just like, I'm going to tinker around and make a wonderful device and then just give it to everyone and not want to profit. But then you could also get into the argument of, who the fuck needs Facebook, Facebook and TikTok? Honestly, no one. No, no one. So who needs, we're, we're, who needs we're, basketball we're players? We're Mark Zuckerberg and the creator of TikTok right now, and billionaires should become billionaires overnight for creating social media apps that, again, polarize and further divide us and further tribalize us. Whereas you have people like Einstein and Nikola Tesla and stuff like that who weren't necessarily like. Like, yeah, they got accolades, but like they were just smart people who were tinkering around with stuff. You know what right, I mean? Right. But don't you think that Albert Einstein and, Te you know, Tesla deserved some type of. Yeah. Something? No, I agree. But I don't think they, anybody deserves to have billions and billions of dollars. Um, and like, especially with, we're going to, we're going to shit on Bezos a lot because he's just a really easy one to shit on. Like, when we're talking about the exploitation of, workers and you know the disintegration of the middle class um he is one of the worst and most nefarious because amazon has swallowed up a lot of small private businesses and we're supposed to have an anti-monopoly system um and we don't and that is because these billionaires they have these sneaky ways of They'll buy a certain company and there's a logo and I should have gotten it before. Uh, but it's like 10 companies own all the companies like Coca-Cola is owned by said company who also owns Nestle, who also owns General Mills, who also owns. So all these big brands. And so they they continue to gobble up all these different companies and have these big monopolies, which is not how it's supposed to be. And it actually is an argument against, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's actually a really good argument against billionaires because they're not promoting any type of growth in the bottom sectors of society. They're actually quashing all competition, um, which is actually really detrimental and bad to capitalism because capitalism, again, if we're thinking in terms of growth, right, 
We think of everything in terms of growth and GDP, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have anybody opening up any businesses because Amazon, as soon as their business open up, can come in and buy it right away, like you're not going to get any inventive things. Um, when it comes to like social media, like MySpace was a thing, then Facebook came along. There's been people who've tried to do similar things to Facebook and Facebook has a complete and utter monopoly. And now they actually have a monopoly on our speech. Um, so then you get into areas when billionaires become so powerful. We have Bezos who can control the means of production. He is one of the biggest employers in the United States. And when you can do that, you can pretty much pay people starvation wages if you want. Um, obviously with movements like fight for 15 and stuff like that. And just the general conscious awareness that the wage of 725, that was the minimum wage is far, far too little. Like it's not a living wage at all. Um, you can have people who tr are trying to like unionize and get better things from Bezos. But at the end of the day, if he really didn't want to pay people, 1860 an hour or whatever he's paying them now he could say fuck you you're gonna make 725 yeah. and if you don't want to work for me then i'll find somebody else who will work for 725 because he's one of the biggest job creators in america um yeah. and that's a really dangerous position for people to to be in because that gives you the working class no say in anything um so that's really bad for capitalism and then it's also really bad because there's no there's no innovators um, and they start to not only um, there's the wage point. And then the other point I was going to get to was the speech point. Um, Facebook and Twitter, they can ban you indiscriminately for anything you say, whether it's something to the far right or to the far left. Um, and that's a really dangerous position to be in, too, because now they're not only censoring your words and speech, but they're allowing you to only receive news that they want to feed you, which is not good. Um, they censor super right-wing voices, like right-wing people are completely hated. Um, there's good reason to hate a lot of right-wing people, especially in this country, because our, our conservative party is so far right of any conservative party in Europe that it's ridiculous, and our Democrats would actually be considered far-right Republicans in most European countries. Um, like our far-right doesn't exist in other countries because they would just be called Nazis. Um, whereas our Democratic Party would be considered like the extreme far-right in like England per se. Um, conservatives in England, like they vouch and talk about social programs and Medicare for all and stuff like that all the time. Whereas our Democratic Party barely mentions it and they only give lip service to it, uh, which is an entirely different rant. But so when you have billionaires who are able to control not only the means of production and your wage and your life and what you're going to do, but they're also able to censor your speech, your voice, and also silence any voices that might be trying to bring you actual news and fill your life with all this news that is is filtered and processed through all these different systems and you're only hearing what they want you to hear you don't get to hear about things in yemen you don't get to hear about israel palestine in a balanced way you don't get to hear about the coups going on in south america or the shadow wars in africa and all these awful things that we're doing and it makes us very unconscious uh to 
what is going on in the world and what they are doing, not only in the world abroad, but to us on a, a national level as well. So the power balance is very uneven when it comes to billionaires too. I just ranted for a while. So thoughts? Um, okay, shitting on Bezos time. He's worth 150 billion. He makes up uh, 50% of e-commerce, so he's definitely a monopoly, or damn near. <laughs> he works up, fi- what, 50%? 50% of e- all e-commerce sales are through Amazon. Oh um, for the first right. 25 years of Amazon, they didn't allow companies to sell um, their products for higher prices outside of their dealings with Amazon. Um, so yeah, I agree that much power is fucking stupid. So I'm, I'm arguing the system is what's wrong here. Like giving people that much power, allowing corporations to control your politicians, um, having big money have say in our policies. That's what's wrong. It's just like letting religion have say in our policies. It's like having any type of group that has their own, you know, their own goals, their own agenda outside of just helping people, you know, it's, it's wrong. Like having this new Texas abortion law, you know. Once a heartbeat's detected, you can't have an abortion. Most women don't even know they're pregnant till after a heartbeat's detectable. And like, how many women are gonna die because of that? You know, and how many um, doctors are gonna be sued because of that? But I, I agree, I mean, it's just, who we give power to is really what I think you're arguing here, not so much if billionaires themselves are having a billion dollars is what's wrong. I would say yes, because of massive inequality, I think it's very wrong to have someone that has that much money just alone without them having power um and then having someone that's starving like we have a lot of people starving in this country like that don't have enough food you have people on the street you shouldn't have homeless people there, there shouldn't be a country where you have more properties that are vacant than you have homeless people and then the banks are so fucking greedy <laughs> that they're like no nah, i ain't gonna house them well who's gonna live there no one well who can afford to live there no one then why can't someone live there because well no. <laughs> To end homelessness in America, yeah. it would take about $20 billion. That's it? $20 billion to end homelessness in America. Yeah, yeah Basil um, sneezes that in a, in a nighttime. <laughs> and I read an amazing article, too, uh, just to put into context how rich these people are. Okay? My mortgage is about 125000 I got it when the market was fairly decent. It was about six years ago. The market was okay. Um, interest rates were really low. Uh, there wasn't a lot of properties being sold, and we're seeing that even more now, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, but just put it into perspective, my mortgage is about 125. It's about what I could afford. It was like at the max of my budget at the time. And Bill Gates, he could drop my mortgage on the ground, like fall out of his pocket onto the ground. It wouldn't be worth his time to stop and bend down to pick it up. That is how rich he is. He makes more in about the 30 seconds that it would take him to do that than my mortgage is worth. Yeah. Just to put into perspective how insanely rich he is. And that's, yeah. he's on like number four or five on the list of richest people. Isn't that weird that no one really solves the whole homeless thing that's that rich? Not one of them is willing to drop like 1% of their wealth and like help. Well, or like, Five percent of their wealth. Here's the other weird thing too. So, what we've seen in the 2008 financial crisis, and then again with COVID, 
Um, and you could say it was accelerated with COVID because they already had the 2008 financial crisis as a blueprint. So they were able to do it even quicker is what you saw is a lot of these rich people consolidated their wealth even more. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, which is why I was so pissed off. And this is why I ultimately wound up really hating progressive Democrats because I realized they're all mouth service and zero backbone is at the beginning of the pandemic, they gave the wealthiest Americans $3.5 trillion and they propped up the stock market for a trillion dollars a day to the tune of $12 trillion. And we like to talk about deficits and shit. Poor people on, on Medicare and on food stamps are what's ruining the country. No, you fuckers giving away trillions of dollars to rich people is what's yeah. the country. They don't want that to be the narrative. They want you no. to keep blaming Mexicans and poor people and people wanting wage increases as the people that are causing the problem. And they're like, oh, well, how many small businesses will have to close if we have to pay people an adequate wage? I'm like, do you even listen to yourselves? The fact that you can't afford to pay people an adequate wage means you probably shouldn't be on the block. Like, yeah. you should be on the block if you can afford to give people enough to have a one-bedroom apartment and a kid. You know, can have enough money to feed a kid and have a one-bedroom apartment. It's yeah. like, okay, that's not that bad. You don't have to pay that much to have that. And, and you people, still are paying. And people like to argue with me about like, oh, well, small businesses can't afford to pay people like, you know, $15, $18 an hour, whatever it is. Yeah. And my argument to that is, and it's it's the same across the board, people shouldn't have to subsidize your lives so that you can live your dream. Right. All right. Like if you're yeah. going to have a small business, you should be able to pay someone a living wage to help you run that business. Otherwise, you don't deserve that business. And that's from and, the smallest business owner all the way to the top. But they Go make ahead. it difficult. They do. The system does make it difficult on small businesses. Like I just learned, like if you're leasing a property, you're still responsible for like the water heater. You're still responsible for all the inside components. Unlike yeah. when you rent an apartment, like if you rent an apartment, you can call the landlord. They might be two weeks late fixing it, but you can be like, hey, this broke, and then they show up and fix it eventually. That's not the case when you you are responsible. And then you have to use the contractors that the person that owns that property wants you to use. You can't even use who you want to fix that because of liability yep. and all that shit. Yep. I don't think that's all right. I think a lot of the laws and policies are in place against small businesses. So I do understand the frustration of small business owners, but I do agree that you shouldn't use other people to subsidize your own dream. I mean, it's a, it's a two way, it's a double edged sword, but um, I will go back to this whole concept of, of them having power though, that you're raising today is that the Koch brothers, for instance, like they gave Trump uh, 20 million, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for the, tw for the tax cuts and they got more than a billion back. So they're, they're playing with our, um, they're playing with our emotions. No, um, they're well, controlling even, like at the beginning, like of the pandemic, there's been articles written where the billionaires during the pandemic, when everyone was losing money and we were all hemorrhaging money and they were, the economy was in a free fall, their net worth increased by over 50%. Yeah. That's disgusting. It's gross. Um, and now what you're seeing, which I think will be one of the most interesting and telling signs of if we're going to have another Great Depression or not, is um, what a lot of them started doing is because, especially during the Obama administration, such a 
<laughs> wonderful administration. Um, again, the country started to fucking just nosedive with Reagan, and it hasn't it hasn't ever bounced back. Um, but what you saw with Obama is because the stock market is so easily easily manipulated, he started pushing these these billionaires and stuff like that to start investing in real estate. So now what you're seeing is the housing market, as I was making my point, is incredibly insane. My house right now is worth double what I bought it. Um, but if I wanted to like, I eventually like to move out of state and, and move to a different state to buy a house of the equivalent size is going to cost me two to three times as much because you have people going in and buying up all these vacant properties, buying up all these people getting kicked out of their homes so that they can turn around and then rent it to people. And that's one of the only ways for the American worker nowadays to establish any type of long-term wealth is to own a home. And they're even starting to take that away from us. Um, and at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to like the, the moral question of like, how much is too much? Like you would think like they would want you to be able to like buy a home because then that like makes you have to have a job so that you're working all these jobs to afford the place. But they're kind of circumventing all that now. And now you're not going to be able to afford an apartment. You're not going to be able to afford to rent a house. You definitely aren't going to be able to afford to buy a house. Um, so they're really making it incredibly impossible. And I don't get what the end game is other than well, I own everything. You own nothing. But when you own everything and that person owns nothing, then you can no longer continue to grow. No, but you control. So if everyone is in Section 8 housing and has to rely on the state, and has yeah. to rely on subsidies and everything, then they can't even like apply for a loan. They can't even go and get a bank account. They can't do a lot of things, right? So it's like you have full control over that individual now and they have to work two or three jobs at these podunk ass places. You know, They have to do that just to survive. And it's not like they can get a better job because they can't afford education. You've just right. put them in a position where you can control them for the rest of their lives. So you have more power. That's the answer to that question. I mean, it gives them, that's the end game. That's the end goal. Only people that um, are useful to me in the IT world or the um, financial world or the political spectrum are able to have houses now. So you're not going to have people without these type of skills getting anywhere, right? They're all going to be in Section 8 housing far away from the suburbs. What they're trying to do, because look, the suburbs were created because of white flight. Right, right, right. Brown right. people and other people were coming into the city and they're like, fuck this. I don't want to live around niggers. Right. Can I say that on YouTube? I think I'm fine. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, I'm gonna run away. You know, and so they made their little picket white fence and their little white lives and they took their lily ass out to the middle of nowhere. And then now more people are able to afford to get out to the suburbs because of what you're saying, the housing crisis or whatever of 08 and everyone like the market uh, was made it so that you and I could buy a house. So yeah. now people like us, the riffraff, are moving into the burbs. And so now they're like, okay, well, we can't have this. We have to make it so only people that make like 300,000 a year can live here. We have to make it so only people that, you know, are lawyers and doctors and, and, and you know, the people that were fine working from home when COVID hit. Those right. people, we want those people only in the suburbs. We don't want anyone that had to go to work during COVID that's maybe, maybe that's why COVID's here. You know, <laughs> they wanted to see who could work from home and they were maybe. the ones that they wanted to keep. Maybe. Oh, man. I don't know. But, but how many but, people make 300,000 a year? 
well, I don't know, but 60% of all wealth in this country is inherited. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about is a lot of these people haven't even worked. Right. A lot of these people that have this much money, they just woke up that way. They just were born. They popped out the womb and they're like, oh shit, I have over 300,000 a year for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> there's so many people that irritate me. One of them is Gary V. Um, Gary Vanderchuk or whatever his name is. People see him as like this motivational speaker because he says he was an entrepreneur. And um, yeah, he was an entrepreneur, but he also inherited his dad's wine business. So his dad, it's the classic immigrant story. His dad came over, he worked for this this liquor store um, and he eventually wound up owning it. All right. So then Gary V, the internet comes along. He starts selling wine online because he sees what the internet is. But he already had the infrastructure in place. Same with Bezos. Right. They like to make these like rags to riches stories where these yeah. guys just they a good idea fell out of their ass and they became a billionaire. Well, that's I don't think the, Gary Vee's a billionaire yet. I think like he's the, a billionaire. The, the Trump lovers, they all talk about yeah. how hard he works and how great of a businessman he is and how whatever, but they never talk about the fact that he was born given like a million dollars straight out of the gate. Yeah. You know? It's like what are you like his dad was a already, like you said, had the infrastructure in place. Like it's how do you not see that they had more privilege than you that's why they're in the place they're at and they're like no they literally he did it with a small loan of a billion uh, million dollars small loan million dollars that's all it was <laughs> but yeah and then they love them like people love to be sycophants for authoritarianism and people that have made it regardless of how they made it well, it doesn't matter you want to be that though that's like that's the american dream is no longer um Go out, work your nine to five job, you know, own own a car for the family to get around in. You know, the wife stays home and cooks. You have a family, you have a house, you have a nice yard. The American dream now is be a fucking billionaire. Be Mark Zuckerberg and be a tyrant and get called in front of Congress for all the shady shit you do and suffer zero consequences. <laughs> yep. That's the new American dream. That's why they like people like that. That's why people find Elon Musk um the least terrible out of all of them because oh he's he's creating tesla cars which are are cars that are actually you know they're not using gas so they're good for the environment but let's not talk about all the lithium that he needs for those batteries and when he tweets things like no we'll overthrow whoever we want that's elon musk being funny or no he's He's being serious. He means that we can overthrow whoever we want and take their resources. It's not a, it's it's not even a, a joke because it's it's something we do all the time. Yep. So he's just he's just speaking openly about it. people are like he's funny, funny guy. No, he he's a billionaire because he allows the government and he pays people to lobby the government to go and overthrow countries so he can get his lithium dirt cheap. Children died mining it for him. And Water he gets, gets cars and Tony Stark. Yeah. He's Water gets polluted from lithium depletion as well. Yeah. And the he's, water crisis in Chile is because of that. He's a super villain. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. Like he, and it's funny that like, well, like you were saying, it's destroying democracy. But like I would pose the question, did democracy ever really exist anywhere, let alone in this country? I don't think it's a thing. Like where the people actually have power, I can't name a single country where the people, the populace of the country have the power. Nope. No. So it's like democracy is a lie in the first place. Yeah, it's the classic Joe Rogan argue argument of like the job of president is stupid. It's a stupid job. 
you're supposed to you're supposed to look after 300 330 million people that's a dumb job it's stupid and it's outdated like there's no way you could know 330 million people or what's good for them it's it's stupid the way yeah. that we govern is stupid um, and then you have intellectuals like Brett Weinstein coming out and say, well, I think that the job of the president should be split between uh, two people. Um, there should be one who's a very liberal one and a, one who's very conservative so that they can they can balance each other. And then they meet in the middle and they and I'm like, yeah, that could work. But also when we get bipartisanship in this country, it usually just means more money to the rich and nothing for the poors. Um bipartisanship is is the decay of society it is it's really bad um so billionaires not good they're not yep. good for the environment because they consume a whole bunch they're not good for the social classes because they keep us down um and it'll be interesting to see because i don't i can't think of a country in recent memory that has had the type of problems that we're having here because we're still we're still considered a first world country but it's it is literally a lie we're we're a third world country masquerading as a first world country and if it really is all about control at the end of the day as you proposed um what what it what is the end goal once everyone's controlled like what is the end goal like, well that goes back to my conspiracy theory of they just want to automate the rest of us. They want us to go after each other. They want the middle class to, to kill off each other with the whole Republican versus Democrat bullshit. They want the poor to kill off each other with the whole white versus black bullshit or both versus Mexicans bullshit or all versus Asians bullshit. It's all the same thing. They, they pit us all against each other so that we will hate and hate and hate. More of us will go to prison. That makes us immediately part of the state, right? Right. Um, that's one of their goals. The other goal is to keep us so impoverished that we're a part of the state. And the third is to make us do violent crimes against each other. So there's less of us. And then eventually they will, an you know, automate us and the wealthy will get Neuralinks and all their implants and they'll live thousands of years and they'll never have to worry about anyone being poor again, because there's only going to be them. And of course they'll probably have their little wars with each other. But I don't think they'll be where we're at today with all the migrants, you know, like you saw this week. They were coming over from Morocco to uh, I never can pronounce that island of, or that area in Africa that belongs to Spain. I want to say Cueta, but Cauta, someone tell me. Anyway, um, you know, there, people are literally swimming with their children across large areas of water just to get to other countries where they think they can have a better life. And then they were greeted with batons. Yeah, they got to. They were beaten with batons and then sent back. They sent them back in droves, and it's crazy that we're treating each other like this. But I think billionaires know that. You know, if I'm sitting, if I'm in Jeff Bezos' positions, I would look at everyone on the earth and I would say, okay, well, there's too many people, right? Right. And how do we solve that? You know, I'd be like, okay, well, viruses are good. Um, you know, pitting them against each other is good. And eventually we'll get rid of them all. I mean, they're basically gotten rid of the middle class. We're lucky to have homes. Yeah. So, so that's what they want is complete power. It's not about the economy anymore. They've already made enough money, right? So it's like, it's not about the economies of the world anymore for them. It's about control. 
So when you when Alex Jones comes out and says that Hillary Clinton and all all these rich people are trying to transcend humanity and become gods and enter the fourth dimension and uh, become become one transhuman because they're reptilian. Uh, well, no, I don't think he's has he called Hillary Clinton a reptilian. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just, think, I just think that's ridiculous. But yeah, he's on to something. I think yes, they want to transcend current day humanity. Yes, I, so I would they, say that for sure. They, so they want to be like Japanese horror mangas, like these big transhuman monsters that become God. More like what's that movie with Matt Damon? Is it Ellipsium or something? How, how do you pronounce Ellipsium. that? Uh, Elysium. Elysium. That yeah. shit is what I'm talking about. They they either will live in a space station far away from Earth and do whatever they want while the rest of us suffer and have no vegetation and no food and we're all like killing each other Great. and we're policed by robots and shit. Like that is one option, right? Or they'll just do it right here on Earth. Is what I think that they're doing. They're, well, I think that they're probably aiming for the whole leaving this earth because again you got people like musk and you got people like uh bezos who are trying to create rockets so that they can go to other planets and musk has talked a lot about terraforming mars and space travel and all that um and you can eventually travel to the moon in one of musk's rocket ship for the small price of a hundred thousand dollars that's um, it so it is it's entirely in a system that is made up and designed for elites. Um and let's go back to because I think we've covered why billionaires are bad, right? We we've covered the, the ecological, the economical, uh the social, the philosophical reasons why it's bad. Let's go back to Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, um, a wealth cap. Um and a merit-based system. So a merit-based system of, you know, you create TikTok. You don't deserve a billion dollars. Um, I think we should all sit down and we could all eventually come up and agree with on a number that is more than sufficient enough for somebody to have enough money to be considered very wealthy, but maybe not enough money to buy out the CIA or something like that. Because um, that's another aspect that we won't get into on this one but how the intelligence agencies the military industrial complex and all these companies are working together uh like company amazon securities is pretty much in charge of security online for the pentagon and stuff like that like it's all these crisscrossing relationships um yeah really what we should do is we should do like a super big deep dive on the cia and the intelligence communities but uh probably get locked up in a black van with the hood thrown over us and never be seen again. I don't think they'd waste that much time. They'd, it'd probably just be a sniper, silent sniper while you're just driving to work. And then oh, all of a sudden they're beautiful. Please, if you could. <laughs> I'm not in on that one. I, I don't want to die right now. I'm actually uh, listening to a uh, little side <laughs> tangent here. I'm listening to a podcast on JFK. They go over... <laughs> In the first four episodes, they go over Lee Harvey Oswald, JFK, uh, Jack Ruby, and all that, like all the main players in it. And uh, they go over all that, and then they go into the last two episodes of the conspiratorial ones. Um, and I did not realize, because I have looked into the JFK assassination and the conspiratorial side of it, but I did not realize that JFK was quite the fatalist, and I think he may have wanted to die. <laughs> 
Um, apparently, he was a World War II vet, and he had really, really bad back problems. Um, like, he had to take tons of drugs and be drugged up for it all the time and all that. And they begged him, like, please, Mr. President, like, put the barricade up. Like, and he's like, no, if someone wants to shoot me, let it happen. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so that was an interesting little fact. Um, oh, that's crazy. So a merit-based system. Um, I think we could all agree, again, on a number that would satisfy most people to the point where they don't have enough money to, like – buy the government out um i mean eventually it would probably come to that at some point so it'd have to be a low enough amount like in today's terms we'd say like i don't know 200 million dollars i think that's more than enough for you and a couple generations of your family to be fine um but for like the whole innovation side i, I don't like this myth that if there was a wealth cap that you wouldn't get all the amazing technologies that we have. Um, I just find that to be a false narrative, just like the wealth trickle down theory, like the wealthy, if they continue to make monies because they're the job creators, it's going to trickle downstream. It's a bullshit myth. I hate it. Um, so a merit-based system, I think would be completely fine. You have, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call it $200 million. You, you get $200 million and then, that's it. And you can stay at $200 million. So you could make, you know, $300 million every year. They take a hundred million. You stay at 200 million for the rest of your life. That's fine. Um, I also think that the whole, uh, death tax thing is a stupid argument. Um, I think that when someone dies, you shouldn't get to inherit all that wealth tax free, whether they've paid for the taxes on that wealth or not. Um, if you inherit $200 million for someone, they should tax it again um, because you didn't make that money. Um, and that is just fair in my mind. Um, I've had lots of fun debates about that. Um, but yeah, de-incentivizing billionaires, I don't think would eventually end to people being creative because people want that social recognition. That's really what they're after. Like Jeff Bezos, he wants to be the richest person in the world, not because he needs the money, but because he wants that title. I'm the richest person in the world. So instead having a merit program where, you know, you get your $200 million and then everybody has $200 million. So then, then how do you incentivize people to be better? Um, you do things like you could give them, um, I don't know, you could do all sorts of different things. You could, have them be able to choose what the money that is being taxed and taken by the government, what that go towards. That's one avenue. Like, so say someone like Bill Gates is super passionate about vaccines. Well, he could say, all right, so you're going to take, I made 300 million this year. You're taking a hundred million of it. I want that hundred million to go strictly to developing uh, medical technology. So like cures for cancer, AIDS, stuff like that. That's, that's an option you give them. And then, you know, he writes a big fluffy puff pieces about them and you let them get to tour the facilities and stuff like that. They still get that social recognition. Um, you don't have to like cap like the amount of uh, the, the amount of houses that they buy and stuff like that. Um, they want to have 10 houses, let them have 10 houses, but they shouldn't be able to buy up large swaths of land like Bill Gates doing. He's 
buying a bunch of farmland all over the country. He's actually the biggest owner of farmland in the country. And then he's renting it to farmers and just continuing to like consume. So there needs, there needs to not only be like a wealth cap, but there also needs to be like a cap on like how much growth you can have, how much you can own. Um, so like the social accolades would be the hardest part to figure out because again, like if you gave them the option to like, I want my money to go towards this, then they could get some clout. But would that be enough for people to want to, uh, to want to continue to come up with things? I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, as usual, you, you hit it all on the head. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think you'll ever have it be sustained with the FDR, you know, mentality, like you give, you widen the um, welfare state and you help more people, more people will be happier and things will be good for a while, but eventually privatization and weird ass libertarians and neoliberals will come out of the woodwork and destroy all of that because they feel like if I make the right decisions or if I exploit the the system in the ways that are allowed, like I find all the loopholes and all the different things, that makes me smart. Therefore, that makes me worth more than you because I've learned how to manipulate the system in ways that makes me this rich. So none, no one can take that away from me and I'm not the one that created the system, so go fuck yourself. And that's well, really also, that's really the mentality, though. Uh, yeah, that's why mentality. it keeps getting screwed. Um, I think also one thing that we might be like missing on, and we can kind of touch on it a little bit, is in European countries where I mean, there's always corruption. Whatever country you go to, there's going to be some form of corruption. There's going to be someone who has more than other people who's circumventing the system. It just happens. Um, in European countries, it's far less so than in America, China, or Russia, right? And looking at the systems of government that we have, what's the U.S.'s biggest problem when it comes to government? The two-party system. Oh, um, I was going to say lobbying. Well, lobbying for sure, but the two-party system definitely does not help that whatsoever Correct. because the two parties essentially become one party because there's less lobbying. parties. Huh? Because of lobbying. Because of lobbying and because of um, investments and such. And people get co-opted in. Um, in Russia, I've, I don't know how many parties they have. I want to say it's either a two-party or a single party. In China, there's there's one party. Right. Um, so what really what you're seeing is like democracy at its fullest. It's not really democracy. And there's I don't think there's ever really been a true, true democracy. But like... Countries like Canada, England, France, and all that, like they have more of a semblance of of uh, a democracy because Canada they have six parties, England has uh, four or five, France has four, but like three are predominant players. Um, and I think a lot of the issues when it comes to wealth and labor rights and stuff like that is we need at least a third party to counteract the two because what we have here is super far right fascist extremist conservatism. And then you have conservatism. There is no liberalism. Well, actually I would even get away from the parties. I would do demographics. I would have 
a representative for the percentage. I okay, you have 13.5% black people, then you have 13.5% black people in the Senate and in the House. You have this many Mexicans, you have that many Mexicans in the Senate and the House. You have many this many white people, you have that many white people in the Senate and the House. And they can be from any walks of life and they can be whatever. So you'll have conservative black people, conservative, you know, Mexicans, you'll have liberal, you know, it'll be a mishmash rather than having my biggest problem with um my biggest problem with doing things by demographics is yeah. at the end of the day, we'll use Obama for an example. At the end of the day, it's not going to be – people aren't going to make their decisions based off the demographic. They're going to make decisions based off what's best for themselves and theirs. Um, a lot of people, especially uh, up in Milwaukee where it's predominantly uh, – well, not predominantly, but a lot, there's a lot of black people in Milwaukee were very let down by Obama. They voted for Obama for two terms because they're like, yes, yes, we can hope and change. Oh, he governs just like fucking white man. First black president, biggest letdown of all time. And then they didn't vote in 2016 because they were like, what's the fucking point? Um, so I've never agreed with doing things by demographics, whether that be uh, uh, skin tone demographic uh, cultural demographic or yeah. uh, gender demographic because i think at the end of the way at the end of the day you still have that like dominance hierarchy that is always going to get in the way okay but if you took away lobbying and you did the demographics thing i mean using just obama as an example that's one example right yeah. that's a very isolated incident so it's like if you tried it out and you had equal representation jay-z kanye west all rich black men <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about within the system we have now. I'm saying make the system okay. based on that. You have this many representatives for the constituents, not for corporations, okay. not for the Jay-Zs and the Kanye West and the Oprah Winfrey's, but for the actual people in the street. They go there. They visit them. They talk to them. They come back with these messages to the House and Senate floors, and then they discuss the ideas of their different communities and try to make a situation where the people feel better and they feel valued. Cause I would go, you know, like you said, Canada and in all these European countries, I will say they, they care about their citizens more. Like when the, when COVID hit uh, Germany, my friend lives in Germany. I mean, he had to work maybe four hours a week and they actually kept his pay the same. Yeah. And they, they helped all the companies stay open. They helped all the people stay paid. And our, our country, we just don't care. We just don't care about the poor. We don't care about each other. And I think you would, I, I disagree. I think you would see a lot more empathy if you made it uh, people representative, like by percentage of different cultures and communities. I don't see how that would hurt. No, I don't think- Having a bunch of white people make all the decisions for everyone else. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that more representation is bad. Um, I think the more representation that you have of all different, colors, genders, sexualities, all that stuff is fine. Um, it ultimately probably will lead to helping the greater good. So what you're arguing for then is having community leaders. So like you have, you have the different ethnicities divvied up, um, by divvied up by their percentages which I would almost argue against like, yes, I think that's good, but why not do it based on, um, I don't know, townships. Every yeah. town has one person 
and they can't be like, you know, they're not going to be the town mayor or whatever like that. Like you're working everyday man who goes around and like, who knows what's happening in that community. Right. And then working man or woman, sorry, they go around, maybe both. Maybe you have a working man and a working woman. You get both. Okay. Um, you have two people that, you know, they kind of know what's going on in their community. They know what their way of life is. And then they report to, I don't know, you could have representatives by the district, right? And they hold the representatives accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of how we have the House of Representatives now. But you also give those two people of the township a vote on it. And then you come together as a body. You vote on that. Representatives then go and they take it. I think the Senate is stupid. I still don't understand why I we think- have it. I think this is a great discussion for another podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, how would we restructure the government? What would what would be a better way of governing? Interesting this country. Because I think, like, I, now that I'm thinking about it, like having a bunch of educated, elitist ass people there, including AOC, like they're not speaking for the people. So if you took someone out of the hood, you take guy, you know, from some, from the south side, and they have to go listen to their community. And they can't come back to the floor of the House or Senate with with their own opinion. They have to come with the overall agreed consensus of that meeting they had with their community. That would be amazing. I think that would be so cool. And they would have to learn all the stupid rules, you know, I strike and I blah, 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 I motion and all the different things they have to say, you know. <laughs> it would almost be adding more bureaucracy, but also less bureaucracy, because if like say you have each state has its amount of representatives that we elect and they go to the house of representatives. Right. But if they were all held accountable by the leaders of every single town. Right. Um, and we could break it down. You, you could break down townships. If you wanted to still do like the ethnic thing, you could do it based off of, you could have several town leaders. You could have it based off of the percentage of white people living in that town, black people, Latino, blah, 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 have a male and a uh, male and a female. Or you know? non-binary, don't forget that. Have yeah. all people. Yeah, exactly. Have all people but have several people, based on those demographics from each township, they get together and say a town hall or something like that with that representative. They bring their issues for that they want to like talk about, whether it's we'll – t- we'll pick an easy one, Medicare for all for right now. And then they say, all right, we're going to have a vote between all these townships based on what our community thinks that they need. And then say the vote for Medicare for all comes out to uh, an overwhelming majority of 60% of the townships say yes. That representative then has to go to Congress and cast that vote as a yes. They don't get a yes or no say. They're just the representative of the body as they are supposed to be. And then then you could escalate that up to – I don't even think you should, again, I don't understand the Senate or its functions anymore. It's just a body that gets in the way of legislation not passing. And I well, think it be done. Mm, I, I mean, the Senate, it makes it harder to pass things, right? You need a yeah. larger percentage agreeing. So hardly anything gets through. But I would say that the House is too easy to pass things with because no matter what your majority, they, they get their vote. So if it was only that way, whatever party ran, the house would have all their rules in place and policies in place. And then the next people would reverse everything. Well, and the next people would reverse everything. To look at, I think for the Senate, for but the yeah, Senate, we would need to look at on another one though. Huh? We should definitely go down this road on another podcast. Cause this is a good discussion. Okay. But as far as billionaires go, we both agree they suck and they shouldn't I, exist. 
I think that they suck. I think there should be a wealth cap. I think there should definitely be a wealth cap. Um, and then there could be other accolades and things that we could figure out for them. Uh, the, the biggest thing is making sure that the wealth gap, the wealth cap is low enough to the point where they're not going to be able to um, amass enough power to start then increasing the wealth cap, having lobbyists change the government and all of that. I think the majority of our problems when it comes to our country as a whole is the wealthy class because they set the policies. At the end of the day, it is not politicians who are setting the policies. It is the wealthy class who is paying lobbyists and donors and stuff like that to keep these politicians in check. Um, I don't necessarily think like you have, you, you could point names at like Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos for being responsible for any one bill passing or failing, but there's definitely people that they conglomerate into these groups where uh, they, they, they all have a collective like voice of, yeah, no, we're going to do this. And that's why you see things like the Bilderberg group where uh, the president of the United States and all these other countries go with all these billionaires and they talk behind closed doors where you don't get to hear what they say. Um, like, the idea of the one world order, as I've said, is is stupid because there already kind of is a one world order and they would never remove borders anyway to create a one world order because then there would be no way of pitting us against each other, which is ultimately what they want. Um, so maybe the end goal of billionaires is just complete and utter control and then eventually transhumanism, which is weird and cultish in and of itself. I mean, I'm for a one world like organization where there's no like um, inflation, like where one country has to sell a product to their, you know, country would have to sell the same product for the same price, whatever currency they use instead of selling it for more or less. And so people will come to another state or County or country to buy whatever product. And that, that just hurts economies. I would definitely agree with like everyone using the same currency yep, and everyone keeping the prices the same. So if you, I think we both agree that borders are stupid and that we should get rid of them. Right. I'm just saying that the rich and governments will never do that no. because like, because the big conspiracy is they want a one world order to control us all. They already control us all. And there essentially is a one world order in place. There's just borders. There's never yeah. going to be a borderless one world order. Uh, it's already happened. It's done. It's called the United Nations. <laughs> eh. I mean, wasn't that put in place to make sure Hitler's never happened again? Wasn't that the goal? I mean, if that was the goal, then it's failed miserably because we of have course. we have Hitler's, we have genocides happening right now. Right, but wasn't that the goal to like make sh like you talk about it and you look at it? I mean, that's all they do is really talk about it. It's not like we're going to go into Myanmar right now and like stop the military from killing everyone, which no one's even talking about anymore. I think like, <laughs> I, I, the goal of the the United nations was to stop another hitler from happening is what they said out loud but i think the quiet part was hey let's let's conglomerate into one big coexisting thing the the, the ultimate goal was they saw they, they saw how germany germany's reaction to the reason that they did what they did was because they were the industrial superpower of europe and then world war ii or world war one happened and they got penalized very badly very badly um 
arguably unfairly, which we we could get into that. But arguably, Germany was treated very unfairly at the end of World War One for the, their part in it. Um, and didn't we, they start but, it? Huh? Didn't they start the war? No. Oh man, what happened? I'm I'm going to give you a a podcast, um, and you're going to consume it because you're a history buff like me. They did and they did not. There was I thought, a lot they wanted, of, I thought they wanted expansion, and then they got their ass whooped, and then they were hit with all these, like you're saying, they were mistreated. World War One was started because of the death of uh, one of their princes got shot. Again, it all comes back to the aristocracy. Oh, yeah, what's his name? I think it was Ferdinand. Was it Ferdinand? Yeah. yeah. Franz Ferdinand? Yep. Yeah. Ferdinand. So, yeah, but, I mean, I think – what they saw is how Germany reacted to being um, hit so badly and then the Nazi party rising that the UN was formed not only just because they didn't want another Nazi regime, but they wanted to figure out a way for the world e-commerce to kind of work together so that there wasn't such a large fascist uprising again that would cause another world war. But at the same time, they wanted to keep things business as usual as well. Which is what it's been for. So it was an elitist organization to control the world and eventually control human population, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the, the human population is definitely being controlled. And I don't I don't fault anyone who's conspiratorial for thinking that, um, you know, that they might crowd us all into FEMA camps and murder us off and stuff like that. I mean, it's happened before. Um, I don't think it's going to happen that way because it would just be it, it would just be. In my mind, it would be too egregious for people to handle. Like they're not going to be cow pinned and sheep herded into something um, and not fight back because I don't think they want us to fight back. Because there is like they have they have nukes and shit that could melt your brain and right you know, make you. But I don't think fight. they would go to war with the people. Yeah. They would just do something where we all die and then they would dispose of the bodies. Exactly. So they they don't want that because. That just that caught that many dead bodies is going to cause a lot of issues, and it stinks. It's uh, incredibly bad. <laughs> anyway, okay. we've had this conversation about yeah. pulling the population and how how you would deal with the stink of it all. So, um, <laughs> and disease. Yeah, but those are uh, conversations we have off air because we don't need you guys to know our opinions on all that. We're not allowed to know our real thoughts. Anyway, um, so maybe. <laughs> So for the next one, do we want to go over bounce ideas back and forth about what would be like the ideal democracy? I mean, that would be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. I yeah. think we should do that. Yeah. I, I like that. It, consider it almost like a two-parter almost. Yeah, because it's like a transition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the reason we talked about politics so much today is because of how much influence over them that the billionaires have, how much influence they have over the military and everything else. So, okay. I think that politics and billionaires are the same thing, yeah, the same homogenous glob. Okay. So it's like we definitely need to discuss how we would govern if we could govern, but also how we would strip down the system that's already in place, like how you would. Would you take away the wealth of the people that already have it? That's a big one. Because, I mean, that's going to lead to conflict, like war conflict. Right. So I don't know how you would do that. So, yeah, we'll talk about it. It'll be good. Okay. Be good. All, All right. right. <laughs> uh, so this has been 
Is it episode seven? I think I they think. put episode seven, but it might be episode eight. I don't know. Sorry. I That's what I was thinking. It's like, isn't this episode eight? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll edit the title if it's episode eight. Anyway, this yeah. is our episode on billionaires, though, and what we think. Short yeah. answer is they should not exist. Long answer is, well. Oh, it is, it is episode eight. Okay. Well, it's episode eight. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> um, for episode nine, I guess we'll talk about how we think the perfect way to govern such a large society would be. Uh, that'll be an interesting thought discussion. That's going to be primarily philosophical, which I think you guys will like a lot. Um, I'm Jareth Blackstar. You can find me on YouTube at Jareth Blackstar. I've been working on a couple of videos, going to do some like editing some testing and i'll be uploading something there soon you can find uh i always mess it up how do you say it nam one sakati nam nam not nam not vietnam it's nam nam one sakati find him yep. on soundcloud uh maybe he'll eventually write another rap and, and get it out we'll see yeah maybe um and we hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see you on the next one bye-bye all right take care of yourself <laughs>